Are you ready to dive into it, or do you want to chat a bit more first? Where are you at? I need a refresher on if there's a character sheet I feel like I should have, or... Excellent. Yes, we can talk about all those <laughs> all those flavor of details. Um, let me just Some amount them. of mechanics. The one mechanic here to remind you of is the focus, because Leonard has anterograde amnesia. Yes. So he is going to eventually lose all his memories and stop being your Leonard Shelby again. Again. I mean, you've done this once. It was a year and a half ago. It was some time ago. You probably don't remember all that much of it. Who knows? Maybe it made a deep impression. But even if you do remember, that, that bit's not going to help you. Some stuff has happened. So, focus checks. Whenever you basically fail a d20 roll, is the simple way to think about this, you're going to make a focus check. It's sort of like a death save. When you fail three, all your short-term memory flushes out, and we get a new player. The first one is DC 10. The next one is DC 12. And the final one is DC 14. Critical failure gives you disadvantage on your next focus check. Critical success gives you clears one focus check and gives you advantage on the next one. Okay. You could, in theory, have quite a long run as Leonard Shelby if you roll well. Sorry, was this a con save or just a flat d20? Flat d20. Okay. No mods that anyone's figured out how to apply yet. Great. Or that I have in mind. Although I will take weird petitions if they are fun. Um... <laughs> Also, if you have protracted periods of inaction or just generic like walking across town or something, that will pull at least one focus check on you to keep your wits about you. Similarly, falling asleep or losing consciousness is an automatic end of session. Okay. Sorry, what was the main way to get a focus check? Failing any d20 roll. Failing, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think the one exception to that might be like if you miss in combat, that doesn't necessarily pull a focus check. Because that would be wild and a really good time to be staying focused. But generally, Leonard hasn't been getting into too much, you know, direct combat. Well, I don't know anything about that. Doesn't mean it's not getting covered in blood. That's the focus check mechanic. You've got your inventory here. I think it's actually all the relevant things. You. How crude is my crude crop top? So we, we will we will explore this in fiction when you get a chance to pop in as Leonard and explore yourself. Okay, very good. It sounds like this is where we're at here. I think I'm caught up. I have dice. I can roll for my stuff. I can tell you what the results are, if that works. Yes, that sounds great. All right. So you're Leonard Shelby. You come back to yourself with a start. The last thing you remember is the unfortunate, untimely, and rather brutal murder of your wife. Your heart races. You will stop those that killed her. You will find them. And you blink for a moment. And your heart is still pounding, but your setting is incongruous with your feelings. You are on a fuzzy beanbag chair. The light is dim and soft. Everything feels a little cozy. There's some incense in the air. You feel pretty good. Well, this doesn't make sense. You look around. You're in like something sort of the size of like a curtained off changing room, you know, where they don't bother to have a full door. You're just like in a little okay. alcove, sort of the size of sprawling on your beanbag. Your hands are full. You're holding like just a palm full of beautiful marbles and a little bit of colored light just winks out. You think there was just like a glowing bubble floating by your head. You're indoors in a small space. What am I wearing? I look down. Yeah, you've got pants, presumably the ear pants. This top does not seem like it's likely to be yours other than it's on you. It's made of a heavy thing thick wool, the kind of thing you might make a robust and sensible garment out of. It's got black and red heathering to it, so it's this weird, like, dark 
burgundy but if you look close it just makes your eyes feel a little itchy from the like black and red (laughs) but instead of being a large jacket or something it has been it looks fresh as hell but it's clearly been done with a knife the sleeves are sort of t-shirt length sleeves and as you inspect the sleeves you see that you're you've got some arm tattoos oh those seem important what what kind of arm tattoos are we looking at uh well one says don't trust anyone okay that's concerning the other sort of bicep just peeking out you can see like three quarters of the row of text that says hide your weakness so you got t-shirt length sleeves with this heavy material and it comes to about your navel like this is clearly a crop top and there is some ragged edge of what may once have been a hood around the back of the collar powerful crop top okay is there a mirror in here no this is just a soft pastel colored little nook strangely congruous i take the crop top off do i have other explanatory text oh yeah you got some other tattoos i try and read as many as i can in terms of my surroundings uh, am i hearing anything does it sound like people are having a great time is it like strangely quiet what, what am i getting from uh out my beaded curtain door the tattoos you can see that are across the rest of your torso so you've got don't trust anyone Mm-hmm. In real big scrawl, you've got killer equals John slash James G semicolon drug dealer. Okay, that's something to go on. Another one looks in a kind of uneven hand. Notes can be lost. <laughs> Remember, Sammy Jenkins. And then just in big block letters, kind of just like a, a hand done diagonal that weaves a little bit across your chest, like above one pack to below the other. Find him and kill him. That's all block letters. And your killer equals John James G has a little arrow pointing at this one. Okay, John James G, you son of a bitch. I try and crane my head around to see if I've got any ink on my back. Oh, you're not quite that flexible, but it looks like there might be something on your back. Okay, find mirror. Okay, put my sick crop top back on, go through my pockets. What else am I, have I got on me? You've got one dagger. You've got a wad of the fanciest looking drink tickets you can imagine. Okay. You have 10 free drink tickets for the Alabaster Fox. Each one good for one cocktail from the standard cocktail menu. You've got a lumpy leather pouch, sort of wallet sized. You've got one vial of the sparkliest, most wonderful looking fine dust. It's like a little ampule. You'd have to break it open. You stab yourself slightly. You discover you have the one that has been broken open and some amount of its contents have spilled in your pocket. Ah, man. A lingering feeling of just everything being great and wonderful and soft is slipping through your fingers. You think you might know where at least some of that file went. I throw the broken part of the file away. I I guess I just have that powder in my pocket. Yeah, you just got a little bit of pocket sand. You have gotten rid of the busted file. And you have 95 gold pieces. Hey, that's not bad. I look back at the tattoo. What was that guy's name again? John slash James G. Semicolon drug dealer james d g g drug dealer i have drugs i mean you seem to this seems like a good connection point here yeah okay no notes 
No notes. God, I must have had notes at some point. Because I said they could be lost. Fuck! <laughs> notes can be lost, yes. One general mechanical thing I will mention is that basically I'm treating all your skills as being used at passive. Okay. Just glancing at this file, you don't know shit about it. But you can try and actually rack your memory for it. Oh, sure. If you want to know more about it. And that's sort of a way I'm not going to be making you make every roll for every kind of knowledge you might need. But if you want to focus, sure, sure, sure. you might get more out of it. I'm going to take a closer look at these marbles to see if I know anything about them, whether they're just marbles or whether they're drug trip marbles. That sounds like, do you want to investigate the marbles to see if they're drug-ish or use your knowledge about drugs, which would be your medicine skill, to see if they are paraphernalia? I will investigate them because it seems like i would have to know things to do the other one give me an investigation roll it's uh one on the dice which equals a four <laughs> which i think is pretty good when you're looking at drugs before we get any further let's get a straight up and down d20 for your uh, focus roll and does that does that is that good that is the minimum number. You did it. Okay, perfect. Nailing it. You keep your wits about it one second into the session. These look like really nice marbles. They're pretty. They've got kind of swirly colors in them. Are they swirling or are they marbles that have a nice pattern? These are just marbles that have a nice pattern, like the last ebbs of something leaving your system. You can see how they, they, they're really nice. Like you think given another five minutes, you'll just be like, yeah, those are marbles right now. They're quite nice. Okay, great. I put them in my pouch. I had a lumpy leather pouch. Yeah. So this is like wallet sized. So oh, I check them on the ground. Marbles gone. They just settle into the beanbag chair. I'm going to lift up the beanbag chair to make sure I haven't missed anything that fell out of my pockets during marble trip this place is surprisingly clean i mean given that you're hanging out in it presumably no there's nothing under the beanbag chair this is a relatively unadorned little chill out nook i leave the nook i have to find greener more drug dealery pastures i will ask one not intentionally leading question but just to clear up unclearness did you want to look in the lumpy leather pouch oh yeah absolutely i thought i did that as you said that i was like hmm, this is not clear no this is a lumpy leather pouch that contains something but not the other things that you have ah uh, i see yes yes <laughs> before i leave the look Look, I will investigate the lumpy leather pouch. Okay, it unfolds. And you know those scenes in a movie where they're like, oh, I am a diamond dealer. And they unfold the little bit of leather sort of four or five times. And there's like just a couple little diamonds in there. And everyone's like, ooh. Yes. This thing's lumpy because it is full of golf balls. It's got like four, five. Five is the number. I don't have to say four or five. You can count them. They're big. It's got five large gems. Like, oh, not golf balls. Between the size of like golf balls and quail's eggs. Okay, Any of them could big. fit in your mouth, but you'd be unhappy about it. And they right. look fucking pristine. These look expensive. Where the fuck did you get these, Leonard? Uh, you know, it's a big mystery, Leonard. But we're not concerned about that right now. I wrap it back up, and I sequester it on my person as inconspicuously as possible, and I leave the nook. You slide aside the curtain, and you are in just a unassuming room. You can see the street. There's some windows. This looks like the ground floor of a house that had been converted into a shop, and now is, for lack of a better word, just kind of a chill-out space. Okay. <laughs> there's a row of four or five of these curtains, but there's no one currently like sitting on the sofa, so you don't know why you're here. 
you found the door. Okay, so there's like five other of these nooks off a main room. Yeah, but like you haven't heard anyone else chilling out. I would like to look around a little bit as if anybody else is here. A proprietor, perhaps. No, nah, this this is, you know, it's, it's well swept. It's well kept. Clearly people do come here and care about it. But there's no... No one here now. There's no one now for some reason. There's no signs that say back in 20 minutes. No, there's like a small flyer holder that would normally, you know, hold tourism flyers at a 60 degree angle or something or like business flyers, but it's empty. Maybe the printing budget's low. Puzzler. Well, okay, I go, uh, you said there was a door. Yeah. I go out the door. It's evening. The sun has not quite set. You're looking out over a city sprawling. You're not on a high hill, but you are on a bit of a rise. The road slopes up in one direction and down in the other. You seem to be in sort of a slightly boring middle-class business district. Just down the street, you see the shingle of a dentist. This is a former residential neighborhood that has all been taken over by small artisanal shops. And this house was set a little bit back, so it's a little in shadowed and a little less fancy looking. You're out in the street, and there's people going about their business. It's evening. It's evening. There's some people around. Yeah. It's a nice part of town. Yeah. I look for a stationary shop. As I don't have direct plans about a stationary shop, please give me just a D20 world and luck narrative roll here. No, <laughs> fo- sure. no focus risk required. How does a six strike you on world luck? Not very good here. All the shops around seem to be just closed up probably fairly recently based on the angle of the sun and that everyone seems to be drifting out and locking up. So there's no stationary shop and nothing in this district is going to be open. Okay. What do I remember from before my wife was murdered? Do I remember a life before that moment in time? Yes. That's all you remember. Okay. You were a insurance adjuster. You know, you had a job and a home. And you were pretty happy. And now right. you're here. You don't recognize the landscape you're looking out over. You don't recognize the city. You don't know where you are when you got these tattoos. And you feel leaner, maybe older. How long has it been? Has it been? As the sun sinks a little bit, the wind gusts. And some crumpled paper, a piece of faded newspaper, gusts past you. Ah, excellent. I snatch it up, check the date, and look for a tumbleweed of pens to go with it. You've got some muddy and... not fully muddy. You've got some dirty newspaper. The date means nothing to you. You might be very far from home, Leonard. Like, I don't understand the mechanism that the date is printed in? This might be a city newspaper that runs its own calendar. Some of them do that. To try and maintain their relevance, it's hard to reconcile dates if you use different things, and then you become the paper of record for this town. Oh, man, okay. Yeah, my fault for giving you a newspaper, really. (laughs) Start looking for accommodation for the night. Maybe some sort of inn, tavern, eatery slash sleepery. That sounds very good. Final question, then we can... Leave it up to some dice to see how that search goes and what you find. Do you want to go uphill or downhill? Think downhill. Very well. You're hoping to find somewhere to eat. You know, mostly I'm hoping to find somewhere to eat, actually. Like, I've just been resting, so I feel like maybe I don't need sleep at this moment. Or maybe there's a place where I can book a room. We're going to search a bit. That's going to take a little bit of time. So this is protracted walking. I'd like a focus roll from you, please. You got it. Okay. Seven. Rolling. 
So you failed your first focus roll, but just at the bottom of this hill and around a couple corners, it starts to level out a little bit. It gets a little less sort of, you know, professional looking. You'd now be surprised to find like a small goldsmith. So they're like a tasteful tailors, like where you just were. But you have found the restaurant, not district, but this is, you know, you walk downhill from work and there's places to eat now. Perfect. You got three options. You have what looks to be a bar above its station for this neighborhood. You presume it's a bar because there is someone standing outside looking both fancy and intimidating. It has no sign. It has no garish paint job. It merely has a white door. Across the street from it, a diner. It's a hot seat where they'll give you a hot food and shoo you out. What do you want? You want what they got because that's that's the only option going. And then there is a delightful little... mm, sandwich cafe with three small tables out on the street looking out over the sunset they are of course occupied but there will be more seating inside let's head to the sandwich shop none of these look like they have uh, in accommodations above them not immediately apparently no okay head of the sandwich shop okay because you got to have a sandwich so more most important meal of the day is the one that you have yes very much so yeah get get situated sit down look at my sandwich options what sort of sandwich would you like? They've, they've got a lot of options, so just uh, describe a sandwich to make Leonard happy, and we'll get to that. Absolutely. We're looking for thick slab roast beef with uh, a lot of sprouts, cucumber, and liberal mustard. Excellent. What kind of bread? A hearty sourdough. Beautiful. As you are ordering that, and then it is being made and brought to your table, just as you're... Oh yeah, that's going to cost you three gold pieces. So with your meal paid for, you're just lifting the sandwich to your mouth, getting ready to take the first bite. And don't worry, you will get to eat your sandwich. But you hear someone say, oh, Leonard, Leonard, is, oh, I'm so glad I to run into you. And someone pulls out the seat and sits down across from you as you take your first bite. She's tall and gorgeous, radiates an aura of confidence and poise, and just stares at you, putting on this radiant smile. Uh, hi. It's, uh, been a while? Yes, yes. It's, it's been, it's been a little while, Leonard. It's so good to see you, though. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see you're eating well, I know. Sometimes you forget to do that. You get so um, wrapped up in things, Leonard, and I love that about you. Doing my best. <laughs> I've been having a bit of a strange day. Maybe this is a weird question. How many times have we uh, run into each other before? Oh, Leonard, you old silly. You know me. You know you know old Bella so well. We run into each other all the time. In fact, I was just saying to them, do you think he'll be coming by tonight? And everyone hopes he'll come. You will come, won't you, Leonard? Uh, yeah, what's the, what's the event? Is that over at the Alabaster Fox? And she looks a little confused and glances across the street before um, recomposing herself and being like, oh, no, no. Um, after the fire, we're, we're all meeting at my place temporarily, but uh, we'd still love to have you, Leonard. You've been, you've been such a lovely presence for a little group. Uh, that sounds absolutely delightful. What's, uh, what time? Oh, I'm heading there now. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait with you as you finish your sandwich, and then, uh, then we can be on our way. Sure. What's, uh, what's going on at the Alabaster Fox? I feel like there's something happening there. 
maybe you can tell me a little bit about it. This seems like a a good spot for a little insight roll. Okay. Um, and and then that will that will help me give you an answer here. Okay. Eighteen. Very good. She seems distracted, just lightly distracted, frustrated, concerned, trying to squish all this down. There's something. There's something more going on. She says, oh, going on at the Alabaster Fox. I don't think there's anything going on there tonight, Leonard. I mean, you wouldn't want to go there anyways. It's, it's a nasty place full of carousing and gambling. Delightful cocktails, yes, but <laughs> you wouldn't want to go there. Uh, drug dealers, perhaps. Oh, the Alabaster Fox? Oh, no, I don't think they'd put up with that sort of thing. Do you? Well, I don't. They're nice there. Oh, interesting. It's just, it's Aside not... from the gambling, so forth. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone likes to have a little gamble occasionally, I, I will admit, but, like, that's... Hmm. Uh, you mentioned a fire, I say, through a mouthful of roast beef. Yeah, so... Uh, yes, a fire. It was unfortunate, but everyone that made it out is okay. And uh, we shall carry on doing our work. Um, what's uh, what what work is that? Been a little out of yeah. sorts today, perhaps. Noticed. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, Leonard. But you do so like to help. I know that, and you have been quite a help in the past. It's it's really easier to show you than to try and explain it. So if you just, uh, she seems a little impatient now. If you just finish up that lovely sandwich and. We can be on our way, okay, Leonard? You wouldn't happen to have a writing implement of some sort on you, would you? Uh, she says, oh, um, she pats her, you know, where pockets might be. And uh, out from one pocket, she pulls a small pencil. Like you might get sort of from, uh, you know, a mini golf course or Ikea. And she's like, <laughs> oh, Leonard, did you lose all your pencils again? I... Here you go. You know me. And she sort of slightly flirtily hands it to you. All right. I take it and I smooth out the newspaper uh, like piece that I have. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I reloin any napkins that are kicking around. Both very good things to write on, yes. <laughs> Super right. strong. Yep. Love pencil. Excellent. Yes. Writing implement. Uh, I circle the date, put some question marks beside it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right. Where am I? How long (laughs) has it been? All very good questions. Um, And uh, put that in my pocket for now. Okay. And with that, she's like, oh, we really need to be going, Leonard, or or we shall be terribly late. I'll be late, do you? I, I hate to be late, I'm sure. To be late, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I finish my sandwich. I head out with Bella. Okay. Sorry, I'm just counting things on my fingers because I'm going to ask you to roll a dice, but I need to know stuff first. All right. Um, please roll me a d six. One. One. All right. You walk uneventfully, just around a couple corners. 
um, the, the cool breeze and the short distance keeps your focus present and tight. You're well fed with your sandwich. Nice. And she leads you to a house almost intentionally inconspicuous. It is large and white, but it does not have too many windows or too much embellishment. And she goes to the front door and knocks three times. You know, not maybe not the secretest of knock. And you hear bolts being slid back from inside and the door is opened by a person unseen. But they are behind the door, not merely invisible. And beckons you to follow her. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's go. There is a a general milling about this. This house has a notably large, like, foyer. Think, like, fancy two-story entrance hall with kind of winged staircases on either side. It genuinely takes up a silly amount of what you presume is this building space. <laughs> um, but there is there is a... And the door closes behind you as you step in and you hear the bolts slide home. And there was a general muttering because there is, you know, a variety of people here, some in robes, some in street clothes, all just kind of, you know, milling, conversing in small knots at the edge of the room. For there is a large chalked circle in the middle of the floor. And you recognize some of these robes. They match your your very fresh um, crop top, crop top, right? In material and color, uh huh. And there is a moment of crystalline silence with all eyes on you. What do you want to do? Uh, Bella's still beside me. Yeah, I'm gonna lean in and say, I uh, I hope the crop top is okay. And she says, Yes, yes, of course. Leonard. Now, is as is our tradition, will you please put on this blindfold? And from a side table, she takes a heavy and robust blindfold <laughs> made of the same material. This will clearly, effectively block all your sight. You gonna put on the blindfold? Well, you know, Bella, I, I'm sure you remember that blindfolds make me terribly uncomfortable. What's the, uh, what's the occasion? Oh, Everybody right. wasn't waiting on me, were they? Oh, I mean, they were waiting for me, but uh, they are ever so happy to see you. And as the the background is, there is a, a, a hubbub of quiet whispers of people gawking or lightly pointing. And she ignores this studiously and obviously. And it's like, all right. So I know, I know sometimes blindfolds aren't for you, but uh, can you, can you keep your eyes closed for us then, Leonard? Can you do that for me? And she... It's uh, a little and bats her eyes at you. <laughs> I want to do. I want to look around the room and do a vibe check to see if I'm about to be sacrificed. All right, vibe check with a focus on sacrifice. <laughs> yep, perception plus three. I mean, that's your plus three. Not. I'm not giving you an additional okay, plus three. Uh, Seventeen total. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. With that thought in mind, it becomes clear these the chalk circle looks to be some sort of summoning circle. And in fact, with a 17, you can see at least two people with subtly held but wickedly wavy daggers just kind of going to be inconspicuous in the dark shadows. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to lean back into Bella and say, all right, listen, this is a little embarrassing, what with the sandwich and all, but I uh, would hate to get started before I had a chance to use the bathroom performance performance 
Can you convince them? Can you give no sign of fear or concern or worry and merely a sign of a need for relief and pleasant cooperation? Uh, six. Ocus check. Uh, no. uh, 19. Hey, you're still on one of three. Very good. You're, you're looking too nervous. You're looking too eager. And someone from the back says, Jigs up, Bella. Grab him. I don't want to be grabbed. And you hear footsteps from behind you accelerating towards you from whoever closed the door and is still right behind you. This sounds like an opportunity for initiative. Deedly doodly. And what's Leonard get here? 21. Okay. And I will roll for three of the conversational groups of, at this point, let's call them cultists. That might be a little misapplied, but close enough. They do not seem like they are uh, frequently used to mob rule and collective action. They are all caught flat-footed. They have just been, you know, circulating and have finished all their canapes and were merely toying with their knives up until now. You, suspecting you're about to be sacrificed and grabbed, go first. You you have a turn of speed. What would you like to do? Uh, okay, so I'm in an entranceway, a very large foyer, like a double stair situation. Double stair situation. There's doorways, you know, on the main floor and on the uh, mezzanine. mezzanine level that overlooks it. And there's, of course, the door right behind you. Uh, right. Like Ten feet behind you at this point. And there are a couple small windows flanking it. Uh, um, like, too small for Leonard? No, they could be Leonard-sized if if adequately broken. They are currently closed and do not look like they are the kind that are designed to be opened swiftly and often, so this would very much be an auto-defenestration situation. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to grow... Uh, okay, so there's a guy behind me, Bella's right beside me, and the three other guys are, like, acting are in front of me, and there's a big ma- like crowd of people in front of me. Yeah, so basically I've rolled three initiative blocks for three different conversational groups of the cultists. Ah, who, as okay. a team, <laughs> will sort of come to their senses and work on grabbing you. There is so about a dozen of them. Total? Total. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's like conversation, conversation, conversation. Um, and they're all going to perk up and do stuff. I will. And the, the window beside the door doesn't have like lead um like stripes through it it's just like a window i mean it's got small like either i'd been picturing sort of that crossed wood lattice work of small pieces of glass making a window but the wood's not going to be stronger than the glass like surely not you can dive through it all like diving through lath isn't any worse or more fun than diving through sheet glass so like (laughs) go nuts i dive through it i uh do I have a backpack? No, that's just in the... No, you just got pockets stuff. full of stuff. I Yeah, I just try and run and dive through the window. All right, I love I, this. I don't have anything good to do about that. Okay, and at this slight angle, you can avoid you know people having the opportunity to try and trip you or grab you on the way. The door would have had a little bit of that going on. And so you can you can dive through the window. This is going to happen. 
great. I would like an acrobatics check to see how well it goes and the consequences thereof. Absolutely. Uh, acrobatics. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll call a 10 or down a bad enough success that you will need to make a focus check on this, no matter how exciting okay. the thing you are doing is. Great news. Double 10, also known as critical success. Oh, heck. So you rolled a 20. You got I got two a on top of that. 20. 22 total. Double 10s, baby. Excellent. That is stupendous. You dive through this window. Um, grabbing the little bit of the the scruffy hood on your heavy mm, tunic belly shirt crop top and pulling it up in front of you to just make like a front flip through completely protecting yourself from the shards and splinters and you land on your feet running you make a scene outside but that's what the outside's for anyways perfect dope as hell you might still have some shards you know in the heavy fabric so like don't flop over backwards i guess sure that'll be a fun surprise i know but to do uh, that. yeah but for now you're out the window and into the night yeah i like the it. sunset i leg it away uh i all head back towards the aciballer fox uh, alabaster fox that's yeah. a word <laughs> i mean i was like how much do i love aciballer fox um <laughs> but yeah yeah so you leg it back towards the alabaster fox yeah Presumed from context clues to be the white door. Bar, the white door. Excellent. Uh, on my, is anybody immediately chasing me? You have such potential for speed with your various rogue skills for doing extra movement and stuff, and they've got to unbar that door. If you don't stop for anything, you've got a good a good distance on them. So if you don't take too long getting through the bouncer. Okay, fantastic. You should be free and clear um, before anyone else fills into sort of line of sight. I'll start walking, uh, if I can, right before I get into line of sight of the bouncer and try and shake any glass that remains off my back. Yeah, just sort of skid around, skid around that corner and go into a totally normal gate. You walk up to the door and he holds out a hand. He kind of looks you up and down. It's like, there's a dress code. But is this not excellent? It is excellent, but the boss, he's he's got some rules. We can rent you a a jacket, a long sleeve jacket, uh, for the night if if that's what you need. I uh, well, well I mean I say rent, we just require a deposit to to ensure no riff raff. Of course. What's the deposit? Twenty five gold pieces. I he expects it. that to rough you off, to to clearly be more than you want to even risk putting up. Uh, hey, um, I count out with moderate haste 25 gold pieces while flashing an alabaster drink. Oh, yeah, his, his demeanor considerably improves when he sees you have those, and he nods, and the door is opened, and you see a younger sort of livery footman on the other side holding a jacket for you, ready to go as you step through the threshold. Ah, uh, fantastic. And you step in, and the door closes behind you, uh, and you are safe from the cultists for now. And this is a fine-looking bar. It's got a long, dark wood bar. You know, brass finishings, low light, green glass lamps putting small circles of light where they need to be. This place serves amber-colored spirits of 
various prices and probably something tastefully fruity if you ask just right. But there will be no paper umbrellas in this establishment. Does Simply that set the tone adequately? Tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so there's a person giving me a jacket right here. Are there any other yeah. like service staff right at the door? Uh, not right at the door. Uh, there, there is, there is someone unobtrusive wherever you might need them to be. You can see a couple bartenders being very quiet and attentive. You can see a maitre d off to the side if you wish a table. He will step out and arrange a table. Um, but for the moment, the space is for making an entrance, for seeing and being seen. Mm, very good. Uh, okay, I'll. Uh, so I I get my coat from the. Uh, coat check person mm -hmm. it's a reverse coat check it's a reverse coat check they check yes. me coat it's a black tux jacket it's got Very tails nice. absolutely delightful maybe you can help me out uh i say to the reverse coat checker yes sir i'm looking for some paper and ink i it's a fascination of mine perhaps you can help uh provide such things and, and i uh jingle towards them uh, five gold. His eyes pop. Um, he looks uncertain and a little afraid and like he doesn't want to fuck this up. That is so much money. And he says, paper and ink? Yes, of course. For your crosswords, I'm sure. Yes, excellent. I can... Yes, just uh, give me one minute and I, I'm sure I can get you some. And just... Uh, have a, are you going to sit at the bar? I... Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'll I'll be right back with that, sir. Yeah, I hand over the money. He sort of bobs very gratefully and just Maybe a disappears. If you can find one. Oh yes, of course, sir. Sir. Of course. And he just disappears to find you some paper and ink. Yeah, I, I head in. Uh do you want to sit at the bar or do you want a table? Uh I think sitting at the bar is maybe gonna be more productive. So I head to the bar. Mm-hmm. They have just exquisitely decadent green leather topped brass stools um, and as soon as you make yourself comfortable and not a moment before that the bartender with a black arm garter and fashionable haircut comes up and says what what can i get you tonight friend uh well what's what's popular around here? well we have all manner of cocktails if that's what you're looking for but uh in terms of what's popular there's uh some entertainment to be had in mm, fine spirits and that sort of thing. Are you looking for a particular taste or entertainment in general? Uh, entertainment in general, I think. Well, then, you wouldn't happen to have a coupon for that, would you? I uh, Perhaps this will get me started. And I put a one of the 10 Alabaster Fox drink coupons on the bar uh, uh, with a gold piece resting on top of it. Hey, suddenly takes and he says, yes, of course, right this way for entertainment, sir. And he leads you to the end of the bar and to a subtle door that has always been there, but you just had not noticed in the wood paneling. It's not concealed, it's just subtle. Very nice. The Man at the door might be looking for me. I absolutely want what he has. Oh yes, of course. We will make sure that uh, all your all your needs are catered to, sir. Much obliged. He opens the door, and there is a there's a staircase 
but nothing so proletariat or functional as a normal staircase. The staircase oozes fanciness. It's got plush red carpet, so luxuriant, you could probably fall down these stairs and have a good time. Its banister is brass. It exudes Prohibition-era fanciness. And he leads you down a short flight of stairs. The walls are, you know... mm, Padded's the wrong word, but they've got some luxurious fabric on them also. And as you go down the stairs, you realize this is partially for the appearance of things and partially to just keep the sound down because it's not loud, but there is, you know, this as you descend the stairs, the noise of boisterous frivolity and the rattling of dice and the general jubilation of people drunk from money and alcohol. <laughs> and he opens, you know, one of those fancy leather padded doors like a sofa and ushers you through and you have reached the lower level of the alabaster fox and there is low-key but very fancy gambling going on all around here in my time thus far have i noticed a particularly strange accent or dialect that would put me far away from my um former rememberings no, no. As much as I, I do character voices in many strange ways, there's not a specific dialect spoken here that you do not have. That would that would ruin me as a DM. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. Very uh, good question, though. No weird slang that has totally thrown me. Uh, okay. So I have entered a, a gambling speakeasy, it sounds like. Yes, and as you come through the door, someone hands you an old-fashioned. Ah, fantastic. They're just kind of got a mini bar right there ready for everyone that comes through the door. And it's cold, and it looks tasty. And don't ask me more than that, because I can't remember what's in an old-fashioned. It's fine. It's liquor and things, maybe. Probably liquor and things. It's the usual construction of fine (laughs) beverages everywhere. Okay, you want to gamble? I what kind of frivolities are happening around the room? Is it all gambling and drinking or is there other stuff going on as well? It looks mostly like gambling and drinking. There's someone, you know, with with a big feathered fan and not much else, but that looks more to be an accessory to the gambling to perhaps distract um and yield. Mm. Finish a sentence. It's a distracting sexy lady for the gambling to make them gamble like a dumbass. Right. There we go. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, is it kind of your classic Wild West gambling? Uh, cards, dice, uh, roulette? I'm sticking more with fancy sort of Art Deco prohibition era here. We've got, you know, pit bosses in white tux jackets. We've got feather accessories. We've got overly plush carpet and metal accents on things. But your basic games are, you know, your table games. You've got your craps, you've got your roulette, you've got your blackjack, some other card games. Are there any... Is this also a brothel, or is this just gambling? It seems to just be gambling. Okay. I would like to pull up to whatever looks the lowest stakes. <laughs> I'll, I'll circulate the, around the room once and see what's uh, the least high rolling. Okay. I mean, craps. Yeah, you, you make a loop. Give me a... Let's call this investigation to, to figure out what's what's what here. 
and what you see. Eleven. Okay. You didn't have much call for gambling in your previous life, but maybe this one needs some gambling in it. You catch some people staring at you uh, with your creative attire, and you head over to the craps table where it's easy to, you know, just kind of take up space if you want or put down low bets, and the pace of play is not too fast. As you're finishing your circuit, you see someone being subtly approached by one of the pit bosses and quietly whispered to. Very discreet, very subtle. But the other person looks a little surprised and says, Mage Hand, me? No. No, I... And the pit boss is just like, makes a face at him. He's like, okay, I'm going, I'm going. All right. (laughs) Um, Clearly no one's making a fuss here, but, you know, people might be trying things. Rules are rules. All right, very good. Yeah, I'll I'll do some light betting on craps while I look around. Let's see. What would I like to find? I would like to find somebody who is either looking bored or perhaps like a service staff member who like isn't well engaged in terms of their time. They're doing a lot of standing around or I want to talk to somebody, but not somebody who looks like rich or expensive. Um, so you spend a little bit of time casing the people in the joint and doing a little bit of light gambling. Let's start with, during your light gambling, the um, reverse coat check boy comes down and does bring you, in fact, some pens, some paper, and a crossword book. Nice. And so that you've got you've got writing implements and paper once again. And you can take a moment to make yourself one note during gambling, but it will make your gambling go slightly worse, um, if you would like. Uh, absolutely. I would absolutely like to make one note. First note, Bella is a cultist who will kill you. Motivation unknown. Lovely. That's a very good note. Love it. I'm going to make a roll for your gambling here. As a rolling percentile, that's a 36. Bad news. You lost uh, your money. We should have established the stakes, so I will say you lost 10 gold pieces. All right. Because we did not talk about this in advance. Acceptable. And that sounds like low-stakes fancy person gambling. Indeed. Okay, so the results of the other things you were asking for about finding people that look underutilized or otherwise distractible. Um, You've found a couple likely people. You've noticed someone darting in and out. There's a fellow... You're not quite sure what he's up to. He seems to be working, but he's not wearing the usual white jacket. He's tall and slender and has a pointy black goatee and a shrewd face. And in fact, you notice he's coming over to the table. He's coming over to you. But before we do that, that was a bit of downtime. You were thinking and looking, but I would like a focus check. (laughs) Okay. I'm on 12, right? Yeah. Eight. All right. Two strikes. Okay. One strike remaining. Great. So this fellow comes to you. He's like, Mr. Scarponi would like a word with you, please. Uh, of course. Right this way. And he begins to lead you towards, this time not a subtle door, but a door that says, I'm more important than you. It's red, but not in a sexy way. It's just a big red fuck off door that you are not supposed to go through. 
unless you must go through it, and then you are going to see Mr. Scarponi. And as you step through this door, the last thing you notice on this gambling floor is a short man, maybe four foot ten with his bad haircut, big ears, and an even bigger mustache, a shitty detective's jacket, you know, kind of, it's got a belt and it's really long. It's sort of for the rain and it's sort of for the wind. And the belt's like a little bit torn. It looks a little dingy. But he notices you and he seems to perk up. And then you're through this red door of power and intimidation. And you are in an office. You know, there's a big fuck off desk. There's a man standing on one side of it. You know, just kind of looking at you appraisingly for a moment. The door closes. And he smiles. Says... Hello, I think you are Leonard. I am Seville Scarponi. How do you do? I, well, I've been better. Yes, well, this might be the best you are for a while, Leonard. That's fairly grim. What can I do for you? You stole from me, Leonard. I don't like it when people steal from me. Are you sure that it was me? It seems like something I would remember. I'm fairly sure, Leonard. Maybe. I have people asking questions about you, Leonard. I will know more soon, but I am pretty sure you stole from me. And what's worse, I think you lost what you stole from me, Leonard. If you tell me what it was, perhaps I can help you recover it? You stole my arcane, Leonard. You killed my curry and you stole my arcane. And you know, I think I'll cut to the chase. And he reaches over to a little cloche on the desk that you had assumed, you know, had a sandwich or like a half-eaten meatball sub or something. That's still a sandwich. Goddamn. I was trying to come up with some (laughs) non-sandwich food. Um, Sort of a hand pie. Oh, wait. Yeah. I mean, a hand pie would have been a step further away. Anyway, he, he picks up the platter and the cloche and he says, all right, let's sort this out. No need to be coy about this. And he lifts up this metal cloche. And there is not a sandwich under there. There is not even a pot pie under there is a head. There is a head a couple days dead looking back at you. Says, Alright, um, let's let's get some answers here. Jared. And he gestures to the man with the pointy goatee. Says, Again, sir? But I just just again. We'll get some answers. It'll it'll be fine. You'll you'll be paid, don't worry. Um, and Jared mutters something, and the head animates and begins to speak. Jared's the guy who brought me. Yes. Okay. Yes, with the pointy goatee and clearly serving Seville Scarponi and perhaps not entirely pleased about it. And this is some sort of speak with dead spell. Are there any windows that I could throw myself out of in this room, or are we underground? No, this is not the kind of room with windows. Uh And you suspect you are either underground or on a lower level of the establishment, which would be like looking out over a hill at the very least. But yes, now, now, if you wish to do anything sudden and or drastic as this spell is being cast, now is your freeze frame opportunity. I bet you're wondering how I got in this scenario. (laughs) Um, or you can just ride it out and see how far this takes you I don't know that I have anything especially sudden 
to Nobo, and I kind of want to know what this guy's head is going to say. Okay. You know, aside from um, saying that I killed him, I guess, and stole the arcane, probably. The head. Its eyes pop open. Or it looks like it, it's an overlay of like this ghostly image of an animated head on the very definitely still there dead head. And Seville Scarponi looks down at it. It's like, all right, you remember our last conversation? The guy nods. He's like, I assure you, I still have your sister. I trust you will continue being truthful with me. And the head looks dejected and continues to nod. Do you recognize this man? And points the head at you. Oh, yeah. That's the asshole that shot me in the knee. And then killed me. Presumably robbing me. What else do you want to know, boss? Wait, well, who's this guy? Who are you? You killed me. How do you not even remember me? I, I don't know. Hey, hey are you John? Or James G? Yeah, okay, thank you, thank you. Some recollection here. A little bit of respect. Oh, yes! That... Rude. Rude, okay. Got you, motherfucker! Uh, I pull up my shirt and I show the John John James G (laughs) tattoo. And they're all like, Oh, whoa, that's a... Those are some rough tattoos, my friend. Woo! I did not think I was going to get there, but uh, looks like I did it. But why me? What do you mean, why? You killed my wife, you son of a bitch. Huh. I... Yeah, well, who's the one who doesn't remember that now? Yeah, well, what? All right. Um, Mr. Scarponi just puts the lid back on the cloche, on the platter. I was like, well, okay, that we don't need any more of that. Clearly, yes, you did kill my courier, and you took my drugs. Well, I don't remember that part. That's very interesting. I mean, frankly, I don't remember killing him either, but it seems like job well done. All right. Um, you... I hope this makes me sleep better. Probably not. So, you owe me quite a lot. Mr. Leonard, are you willing to work for me? Work off your debt? Well, what kind of debt are we talking about here? You stole a whole suitcase full of arcane and killed one of, well, I thought he was one of my best couriers. Turns out he was double dealing and trying to sell the drugs to you. So, like, I'll give you a discount on him, but that is still a truly catastrophic amount of drugs. So, I would like something from you you seem good at chaos i've i've been hearing some stories about you and some of what you've gotten up to i'm not sure i believe them yet but uh meeting you i am a little more inclined to i want you to kill the boss of the piano man clean things up a bit for me then we're square can you do that hell is the piano man not the piano man the piano men, the boss, the rival gang. No one knows who leads it. Can you find out for me, Leonard? Find out and kill him? Them. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. Okay, well, I'm not necessarily opposed to doing that, but I think I might need to talk to that guy again. 
tough. Or, I guess, why? What's enough for me? Well, he said he didn't remember killing my wife, and I was pretty sure it was him. You want him to remember that sort of thing? He's well, dead. I would like to be certain. Tell you what, you can talk to him again once uh, you've discharged your debt to me. Uh, and uh, uh, a monetary discharge isn't on your table. Do you think you have enough money for a whole suitcase of drugs, Leonard? I mean, I might. And he looks at, he's kind of like looking at your outfit and he's like, It's fresh, I know. Yes. But uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's in your price range, Leonard. Uh, well, what's the ballpark? 5,000 platinum, Leonard. Do you have 5,000 platinum? It's quite a bit of platinum. I get one of the gems out of my pocket. Just one? Yeah. Okay. That is a like weird and protracted pocket like <laughs> rummage. Hang on. Because uh, you've got to. <laughs> you I gotta, gotta like, get something out here. Yeah. I promise you're gonna like it. And he's like, Ugh. okay, so two things are gonna happen at the same time here. And I would like a persuasion roll to go along with your antics. Uh, okay. Um, contested by his impatience, which is currently neutral. 15. You are adequately persuasive. Um, but he grows slightly more impatient. Um, so you are rummaging around in your pocket and pulling out a large gem. Yeah. Just as the door behind you cracks open and one of the pit bosses peeks in, he's like, I'm really sorry to disturb you, boss, but I thought you might want to speak to this little weasel. He's causing a disturbance out there and pushes in uh, with a small nod from uh, Seville Scarponi, pushes in the short, weaselly-looking man, or disreputable gnome that you saw earlier, just as you come out of your pocket brandishing like a ruby the size of a golf ball. Right. And everyone looks at this and is like, whoa, that. Uh, and the disreputable man is like, Leonard, where did you get that? God, everybody with the questions today, I listen. I'm sure we'll talk. I'm just wrapping something up here. Yeah, I guess you are, Leonard. You, what? Fucking hell, Leonard. And Seville Scarponi looks not at all amused at this short man. It's like, oh, funny. You know each other too, huh? I mean, I'm Why am I not surprised, Teddy? Why am I not surprised? You're, you're always in the middle of everything that smells like shit. Teddy, where are my drugs? I know you were involved in this. You're always involved in this bullshit, Teddy. Where are my rugs? And Teddy's like, Leonard's got them. It's, it's Leonard's fault. This, this fuck up lost them. Jeez, Teddy. It's not helpful. Ah, go fuck yourself. You'll forget about this in five minutes and we can be friends again anyways. This, this jack off has been messing everything up. This is Teddy pointing at you. <laughs> and Mr. Scarponi's like, Friends again in five minutes. Teddy, that's an interesting thing to say. I don't think you're that charming. What's going on here? Well, hang on. What's this worth to you? He looks very interested. Okay, let's... Can we make a deal? I. It's quite good, I'm pretty sure. Mr. Scarponi once again gestures to the uh, man with the goatee, name to be recalled. 
but not Jared. bothered to mention. Sorry, what was that? Jared or something. Yeah, let's go with Jared. I didn't write it down, so it might be Jared. Yeah, sounds right. Motions to Jared. And it's like, check out the gem, please, Jared. Jared looks put out. This is not his this is not this is not what he's for, but you know, clearly he knows his gems. Um, and he takes it and he looks at it and he pops out a little jeweler's loop. It's like, oh, yes, very fine. Exquisite. Oh. And after a minute, he puts the jeweler's loop away and says, well, that's that right there is, I don't know, could easily fetch a thousand platinum, boss. And Seville Scarponi looks at you like, all right, I can, I can take this as a security deposit. And I'll hold on to Teddy here, since you're such good friends. We can have a nice chat. I mean, unless you've got <laughs> four more of those. I, well, a thousand feels like you're kind of lowballing me. Uh, Jared, did you see the clarity on this thing? I mean, if you got the right high-end collector, I'm sure it could be at least twice that much. I'm trying to decide if this is persuasion or deception. Uh, do you want to make an argument for one or the other? Uh, I think the assumption is that they would lowball me, and because that seems like the kind of place that we're in. Fair, fair. That sounds... That sounds like a fine persuade. That sounds like a fine take. Also, you've never looked at these closely. And I don't yeah, know I don't shit know. about gems, so it's, it's not like you know your line. Yeah. Okay. So let's just go. Persuasion. Impatience is now at a two. Uh, give me a persuasion roll to see if you can get a better deal. Uh, well, like no, no. You come in. You come in here. You come in here having stolen from me. Okay, okay. killed my people, and you want to haggle? This is the deal. I tell you what. And before you tell me what, please give me a focus roll. Oh, right. Uh, six. Fuck. Well, fuck. That's it for this Leonard. I'm sorry oh, about that. No, I didn't get to write the things down. <laughs> All right. Um, Shots. Shots. Haggled. That's a very exciting place for Leonard to end up. It's a it's a real cliffhanger for sure. Well, maybe somebody will pick up on context clues and uh, be able to buy their way out of the situation. If not, you know, next time, perhaps down down the line. Yeah, maybe that's that's very exciting. Thank you for um, <laughs> hopping in on this one on really a challenging pickup point of just in a chill out tent without a whole lot going on. I mean, I didn't get sacrifice. You That's didn't get sacrifice. Congratulations. Pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Knowing when to auto defenestrate, I guess. <laughs> um, very good. Well, I feel like I almost accomplished uh, some stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's that's something you, you accomplished things. You found the alabaster fox. And that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's... one day you'll find out where you sleep. I is is that anywhere in particular? I just kind of assumed that was a vagrant. I mean, maybe. For now, let's uh, wrap this up. And thank you very much. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, good luck with your future episodes and Leonard's. <laughs> <laughs>